Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Tuesday, May 5th. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts, reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. It's important for us, Lawrence and I, to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. We also want to hear yours. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Or just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, your colleagues, your doctor, your family, <laughs> any everyone you know. These stories, they should be heard. They're human stories, and everyone can relate to them. We're all going through the same things right now, so please share. Today, Christian, we are chatting with Becky Morrison who is the owner and executive producer of a production company in New York called The Light. Uh, yeah, and I have known Becky for years. Fun fact, we share the love of jigsaw puzzling and human rights. Wow, two amazing things. She's very, um, very noble. <laughs> and full disclosure, Becky has production managed for both of us, coordinated, yep. you know, all those fun things before she started her own company and became... Head honcho. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's going to be a real special interview. I you know, some of her ethos and concepts of her company is why do we have to keep doing things the same way out of pure tradition when there are new and better ways of doing the same exact thing and kind of being open to rethinking some new ways of doing it. And uh, now is more time than ever to do that because we get to rewrite the rules right now. Yeah, I mean, evaluating what you did or didn't like about your job and, and understanding that there's better ways that it can be done, I think is very valuable information right now. It's also valuable information about yourself. I know I'm going through that right now with boundary yeah. settings. <laughs> but, yeah. but also, too, we had to mold the last 10 years of content grabbing and docu-style and those types of things into the old you know, ways System. of doing it. Yeah. yeah when there could, there absolutely can be some self-evaluation looking inside us. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very true. So Lawrence, I have a very important question for you, actually. Okay. All right. How are you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I don't know what is up with me this week, but I'm really not connecting into anything. Yeah. I don't know. I'm okay. I think I'm I'm kind of numb. I'm kind of numb with mm -hmm. all of this. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't seem like we are we as in a country are making the right steps for a proper reopening. It's scary. And it's scary. You know, we don't have proper testing, we don't have proper contact tracing. If we don't have a way of testing something, we don't have a way of measuring it. So mm -hmm. I just feel like everyone's flying by the seat of their pants just making decisions based on kind of intuition. Which is and a little emotion scary. a bit and, emotion. And, uh, yeah. and listening to the loudest people in the room, which I feel like a lot. Mm -hmm. It's almost mob mentality. You know, the loudest person, you know, controls the mob. And I think that for people like us, I wouldn't call myself a control freak, but I would say that when I'm strongly advising somebody to do yeah. something and they choose not to, I do get a little bit like, well, you know, I know better. <laughs> and uh, having that feeling for two and a, two months now <laughs> yeah, over things that I can't control or bigger than me is kind of bumming me out. Well, I would just like to say that in the beginning of when this happened, it took a lot to get me to the table. You know what I yeah. mean? We had this. 
And yep. I know that you and I, when we would get off the air, I would tell you like, oh God, like, I'm so glad I did it. <laughs> and you would always say, well, if you don't need to, yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah, you don't yeah. have to, if you don't want to, I'm like, no, I got a shower, you know, <laughs> please. <laughs> and um, right. And so I think that this is just, you know, armchair sister Christian shit. But I think that your analysis is correct. Like you jumped right in and you started doing something and we started, you know, with gusto, like, you know, helping people and talking about it and everything. And the two month fatigue is set in. Mm -hmm. It really has. And um, yeah, in the beginning of the podcast, it seemed like we had a purpose and that was there was so much information going on and so much right. unknown. That mm -hmm. it was easy. Let's collect information and share it. That's right. our goal. Mm -hmm. Now the information is kind of slowed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But decisions are being made. Right. So now I'm kind of lost in like, yeah, okay, we can share information on decisions that are being made, but so many of these decisions are being made out of economic incentives rather than actual right. science and, and information right. about what's happening with the disease. Things have shifted in such a way that I just don't know. I've kind of lost the plot. Right. I do like the way that the plot is going to try to give people who normally aren't allowed to have voices a voice. Yeah, that's true. And tomorrow is our first I know. crew roundtable. I know how important it is to both of us. And when you came up with it, I was like, fuck yeah, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Drinks? No problem. Talking to crew members? Yes. I mean, it make me feel good. So I think that I'm down as well, because, uh, you know, we see what's going on. Everybody's kind of swept up in excitement that may or may not be prudent. So, mm -hmm. I mean, hedging our bets and hanging back for a little bit and just observing, I think, is a smart thing to do. But it does, like, ugh, I'm exhausted. I don't watch anything. I don't even watch my sugar daddy anymore. Oh, well, I watched him today. How'd he do? <laughs> I miss him, but I didn't watch him today. He was on a tear, a very good tear. It goes oh, back. Oh, was right? it Mitch McConnell related? <laughs> yes, it was. because yeah, he's a... <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's still the target. same discussion that we had before <laughs> about the fact that they're calling it a blue state bailout. Yeah. You know, there's great. no, we're not going to have a blue state right. bailout. Right. It's just the irony there is, is that, massive yeah. because... New York is one of the states that give the most and take the least out of the national kitty. Mm -hmm. New Jersey as well. California is on that list. It's not from mismanagement of blue states. It's we're the most densely populated that we yeah. have the most virus infection rates. Exactly. And so, it, yeah, the irony of, you know, the fact that it's a bunch of red states that take more than they give into the national right. kitty. Uh, mm -hmm. is so that it's just a real frustrating thing. But he went on a tear today about that and is begging to let go of partisanship right now and help humans because the Fed is not anything without the states. And if they are going to punish some states and all this, it's going to punish the whole country. Well, it's punishing people. It's punishing people. It is. So I went on the search for my unemployment again this morning, made about mm. 35 to 45 phone calls in a Ugh. row, Ugh. just trying to get through, whatever, try a different menu, like all the shit, even though I have the menu cheats written down and all that stuff. <laughs> and so a few weeks ago, at the beginning of this, my congresswoman had reached out to me to say, these are the things that like a big laundry list of if you need help here or if you need this here, it was great. 
And so I decided to reach out to her with an email, a very well-written email, I do believe. (laughs) And we'll see if it gets, you know, any response. Because I know that Congress, did they go back this week or they're going back next week? There was something about Congress was... they they did go back this week, yes. Right, because they had enough tests, but the senators, for some reason, had not procured enough tests. So I know that they're back in session this week and that she's busy and I, you know, you know, but I, I did write a nice email, you know, understanding that if I get a response about my one unemployment claim, <laughs> mm-hmm. that I would be shocked. But yeah. in the end, I'm just trying to find everything at this point. I did, however, get my, you know, $1,000 grant from the EIDL. Did you really? It was uh, deposited into my business checking account uh, overnight. No way. And did you get yep. a no- notification? No. No. It was just-, just deposited, and it was this weird code, and I I assumed it was it because it was a, a thousand flat. So yeah. I Googled the code, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's your deposit for blah, blah, blah. Ah, I remember back way back when we got so excited we were going to get 10 grand. $10,000. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm looking at going, well, okay, money's money. Money yep. is money. That's exactly. Groceries for uh, however, at least two months. Long. I know yeah. we're, we're definitely, uh, we've trimmed up a bit. Although today I do believe that I am going to participate in what is well known as Taco Tuesday. Yes, Taco Tuesday. Oh, I should get some margaritas from Homestay today. Exactly. That's what I should do. Yeah. Yes, please. I just checked. I did get unemployment. I have not gotten EIDL or the stimulus, but uh, I'm happily receiving the unemployment, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that I think it was Mitch McConnell said, And when it came to extending the $600 a week federal addition to the unemployment over our dead bodies, will the House see an extension of of that money? Yeah. I mean, that's just perplexing. Well, I I agree. And I do know that being from my entire family and on my dad's side is from Kentucky and my mom lives there now. And to the point where my great aunt Juanita was the head of the Republican Party for a spell mm-hmm. in that state. Understanding those politics there, there is a there is a woman who is running against him, knowing that it's a very long shot race, but she's a fighter pilot. Her name is Amy McGrath, and she's mm. running against McConnell. Mm. And she is just mwah, yeah. fantastic. So if anybody out there wants to, I mean, she, I give money to her as often as I can. She would bring some change. And they just, they just voted in a Democratic governor who is doing very well in this whole situation. He wow. has done a lot for the state to the point where my mom is, loves him. I speak to a lot of people who are in love with a governor. So maybe it's time for a change. Systematic yeah. change like Becky Morrison. Not to get political, just saying that, you know, look her up and get her views, and it could be time for a huge shakeup, which would be monumental. Yeah. Monumental. I have one other thing before we get to today's interview with Becky Morrison, is that Sugar Daddy Cuomo announced that, I guess, he was getting trolled by his daughters for maybe not communicating effectively about the importance of wearing a mask in public. And his daughters are great, by the way. His daughters, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, you just, you're not telling people the right way. So what they're going to do is they're accepting submissions for 30-second mm-hmm. commercials for the state of New York to communicate effectively the importance of wearing a mask. You're kidding. No, they just announced this before I, the, we got on the, to record. Oh, the one day that I would not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I brought shit. it for you. I brought it for you. So they're going to have, it's kind of a contest. They'll screen the winners. I don't know how many winners are going to choose. They don't have all the details ready. I think they said the details will come out tomorrow. 
Okay. But they made the announcement today. Hmm. I think that we should seriously think about a concept and try to do something. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Totally. And uh, take our minds off of shit. Yeah. I would yeah. love that. I would love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the ideas are forming right now. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that. And then for anybody listening, if you want to be a part of our crew safety roundtables, we feel they're of the utmost importance because we want to hear your voices in all this as we apparently start returning to work. Email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com and we'll get you on one of these roundtables. Yeah, the roundtables, man. I am looking forward to those. We have one tomorrow and it is going to be right off the bat amazing. Yes. I know. We have New York crew tomorrow and then we'll just add to it as we go. So, All right, let's get. Back to actual film production talk, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of political ranting. But everybody out there, just so you know, we are kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, we are. And so we can get scenario disease. Uh You know, meaning that we could just scenario out a 50 different ways to solve the problem, but we'll never get close to it because we don't know the actual parameters of the problem yet. Yeah, in this past week and a half, I've seen, you know, Finland's production yeah. guidelines, you know, obviously we talked about the AICP guidelines and yep. IOTC's got them and mm-hmm. everyone's got them and they're all, you know, hand washing stations, which, you know, we get, we, we can figure that stuff out. So I think more importantly, talking to crew and getting their take on, on the situation is probably a bit more important. Okay, so we have a page on our website that take action, right? You can go there. You can, if you are interested in donating your time or if you need help, you know, if you want to sign a petition, just anything that you can do, please go to this take action page. There's a lot on there. Save the post office. Oh, more now more than anything. Like the now post more office, than anything. Yeah. yeah it's because, a problem. I mean, if you can order, I know they're not ready yet, but the moment that you can order your absentee ballot you should yes. <laughs> just so you don't have to go there yeah. <laughs> so all right it's becky morrison time yes so becky morrison is an award-winning film and tv producer based in new york she kicked off her career on the hollywood blockbuster i am legend p.s i know the backstory to that she was the <laughs> pa wrangler for all those lockups in that movie and it was oh like my gosh she was PA coordinator. She'd have like 200 people under her every single day doing lockups. It's crazy. And then went on to the world of animation on Disney's The Wild. A few years later, she left features to produce the visual content for U2's Ooh, World Tour. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Since then, she has produced over 200 commercials and promos for clients such as NBC, BET, A&E, L'Oreal, American Express, Apple, and many, many more. She owns The Light, a production company committed to elevating the production experience through equity, sustainability, and innovation. Let's take a listen. Becky, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get started, how are you doing? How's your family doing? How's your moms, pops? Everyone's good. Thank you. Yeah, my mom is in her apartment in Manhattan, the apartment that I grew up in. She's Mm. been in there mostly inside with my stepfather doing puzzles (laughs) <laughs> and drinking wine, living their best quarantine life. Nice. And, and where are you? I'm in Brooklyn, drinking wine and doing puzzles as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Other thing. And my dad lives in India. Hold and up. Safe. Safe. Fine. Yes. Fine. Great. Yeah. Good. Thank good, you. Good, good. You know, obviously we read your bio. We gave a little introduction to you, but we'd love to just kind of hear what were you doing recently right before the pandemic happened? Obviously, you've got your own production company. Did you have jobs? What was going on in the few weeks leading up to the shutdown? 
We were filming right up until the shutdown. Really? Wow. I believe we were probably one of the last productions going on in New York. Mm. At least it seemed that way from talking to people. Everyone's Mm -hmm. jobs were dropping out left and right, and ours was still going. And it was interesting because we had a two-day shoot, and it was on a Friday and a Monday. And I remember the Friday, we were starting to feel concerned, but it still felt somewhat okay. Like we were sliding into home base, like right under the wire. Right. And then that weekend, things had really started to escalate. So by the time Monday rolled around, it was feeling more like, wow, we're really on the edge here. Should we even be filming? And we just were like, let's just do the best we can. We'll stagger the crew. We'll have hand Mm -hmm. sanitizer. We'll do the best we can and we'll clearly this is going to be the last job for all of us for a while. Yeah. And may I just ask for clarification, was that Friday the 13th and Monday the 16th or was it Friday the 6th and Monday the 9th? That was Friday the 13th and Monday the 6th. Yeah. So that was getting like really uh nutso. Yes. That was the scary weekend. Wow. So you finished, everything was fine. And then it was lockdown time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you have anything to do with a post on that project or you handed it over? We handed it over, but there was still, it had been very busy for us leading up to that point and mm-hmm. partially busy in general, partially the frenzy of getting everything done before the shutdown. So we had a good several weeks internally at the light of wrapping everything up. Yeah. Intermixed with like laying on the couch in an existential void <laughs> and then wrapping some more. So it took a little <laughs> bit longer than usual. <laughs> yeah. I know because I, I know that we spoke a little bit during that time and we had some guesses that were going on. But uh, boy, those conversations six weeks ago, eight weeks ago are different than uh, very yeah. different than what they are now. And so we definitely want to talk about moving forward, but I do have another question for you about, I guess you own your own company. So have you been speaking to clients or agencies about what you can be doing right now? Or, you know, have you seen any board traffic or anything like that? No, we have not. No, we're really production focused. And so I've been having some more general conversations with clients in a friend connection way. And we've been internally looking at how we can do things differently, mm-hmm. but we haven't been reaching out to anybody asking for any work and it hasn't been coming our way either. So okay, that's been fine. Yes. I also want to, you know, I, I appreciate you've read my bio and you've told them all the <laughs> listeners about me, but I also have to say, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but I've worked with both of you in the past. This is true. This is true. Full transparency. Full transparency. I was a coordinator when Christian was a production manager for a long time. I was Christian's coordinator. And then also, Lawrence, I believe I was your production manager on a job that you you were were. producing. Yes. A tiny, tiny little job that, yeah, we should. That must have been forever ago. It was in 2010. I looked at the call sheet this morning. Oh my God, no way. (laughs) It's so wild. Yeah, it was something we shot in one of those studios that have like the kitchen and the living room. Broadway studios. Broadway studios, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's about all I remember, but yeah. (laughs) Yes. I know. Um, Like, we we definitely know each other for a very long time. That's what makes uh, this one, (laughs) this one's an easy one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, Becky, what's fascinating about you and and as we're kind of going through this time right now is 
your love and research in the history of filmmaking. Talking about the model of filmmaking hasn't changed in, you know, a hundred years. And now we're in this crazy moment, historic moment, mm -hmm. where everything seems to be changing. And a lot of the discussions right now are about how do we adapt film production right. to what is happening and how do we move forward. And, you know, there are bigger conversations about how do we change some of the things we don't like about the industry. So a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and I haven't even asked the question yet. Is that where your mindset is right now? It's like, how do we want to rewrite the rule book and start moving forward? At least, you know, just even for your own company. What are your thoughts there? My vision is really that we rethink this as an industry. So beyond simply mm -hmm. one production company, but that the industry starts to think about how can we innovate production. And this is something that we've been thinking about, like you mentioned, for a long time. And mm -hmm. I, now the context is different. There's a new context yeah. given everything that's happening. And I really hope that people are thinking about how can we do things differently in a real revolutionary sense. Because I hear a lot of conversations around when are things going to be back to normal? When mm. can we go back to set, back right. to the way yeah. things were, which is yeah. all a language of the past. Right. I'm very yeah. more, much mm. more interested in how can we go forward to something new? Like we all know that there have been issues for a while in production. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we're production people and people out there are listening are production people, many of us. And if you're not a production person, you know, like budgets have been getting smaller. We've been getting squeezed. We've been getting squeezed. Have you been on productions that have felt squeezed for either of you? <laughs> well, I mean, I know that we take on multiple roles now. Like every mm -hmm. person on set is doing more than one job in a shorter amount of time <laughs> and there's only so much we can do before that creates burnout and i think we're all kind yeah. of hit that right before this whole thing hit absolutely and i think we're being asked to do more with less with an expectation of mm -hmm. higher quality all of this that's been happening you know we've yeah. been in the business a long time i used to be out production managing jobs where i was chartering private planes to go on tech scouts yes. okay exactly <laughs> eating exactly, sushi yes. every day like drinking uh -huh. champagne <laughs> <It was> great <laughs> yeah. you know? and now all of a sudden it's like no how much did you spend at trader joe's for crafty <laughs> no you need to return some of the crafty like, <laughs> don't open it don't open it <laughs> unless we need it exactly and i think that what we need to do as an industry that is a sign that we need to innovate that yes. we can't be mm -hmm. using the same system Model. that we've been using for years because it's going to continue to squeeze until we break. And that this yeah. is an opportunity in that pressure cooker of, well, what can we do differently? Really examining what we do that works and what we do that doesn't work. There's so much we do that's just tradition and actually doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. Do you have an example? <laughs> so many examples. Do <laughs> 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 so you have an example for it? Oh, I want to hear yours. Well, you know, just even the the pre-pro book, for example. Oh. When I started, yeah. I, I, I just anymore. remember. Like, we all just rolled our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for those of you youngins out there who don't know, oh my back gosh. when I started, it was the most stressful time because I'd be trying to stick the tabs to the tabs of the binder before the agency mm -hmm. came and this whole, it was all printed out. I remember out how good you were at it. That was so good. That was really the high point for me. It's all been downhill. <laughs> Better yeah, get Becky Morrison on. <laughs> that was my peak. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully that was not my peak. 
Well, just the idea that, you know, we've gone from that printed out pre-pro book now to mm-hmm. PDFs, but the PDFs are still a throwback to the printed out pre-pro books. Right. Like, yeah. What we've done is we've created a website that is a living pre-pro book that the crew and the client totally. can right. interact with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Another example is the call sheet. Like who says the call sheet has to be organized by hierarchy inside of boxes? Right. Some Nobody. dude just made that up a long time ago. Yeah. We've yeah. redesigned our call sheet to be photos of everybody in circles and organized by call time. And there's Ooh, countless, amazing. yeah, there's countless examples of this and saying like, well, why does it have to be that way? Why does the tech yeah. scout have to be two days before the shoot? Right. It's mm. so intense on production and on the crew mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. have to suddenly make all of our creative decisions and put in all of our orders just two days before the shoot. Like who yeah. said somebody a long time ago right like, why can't we do something different yeah mm-hmm. that is amazing i love it let's change it all <laughs> <laughs> yes let's. let's change it all so becky i also know too that you are a big proponent in um you know having a green set moving forward into this new world of how are we going to make our sets safe for crews to come back to? You know, like if people are now going to need to wear masks and PPE and that kind of thing, then, you know, all the work we've done or the catering, you know, having real dishes may have to go back to single serve things. So mm-hmm. all the work that you've done with your company, have you thought about that? Like may have to take a step back? Absolutely. I think we're going to need to change the way that we are doing things. And I think that we need to change them inside of a sustainable, equitable, inclusive mindset. Mm-hmm. For us, you know, like you mentioned, one of our big things is that we have glass boss water bottles on set, set yeah. up in a display. Everyone comes to set with a piece of gaff tape with their name on it. So they walk in, they're like, Ooh, wow, my own water bottle. So nice. <laughs> and that was one of the first things to go when we were filming in March. Right. It was like, that's it. Like, we're not going to give people reusable water bottles. Like, no one's going to trust right. it. Like, right. yeah. we actually gave people very large water bottles and put their name on it. And everyone had a big water bottle for the day that was theirs. So in lieu of having tons of tiny plastic water bottles everywhere, right. that's what we did in the moment. And I think we are going to need to rethink all of this and to do it in sustainable ways. For you and your company, what do you think is the most important aspect of public health that you need to see have happen in order to feel like you can run a set safely and invite crew to come work on it? What do you need? You know, is it on set testing or, you know, what hurdles do we need to get to until you feel like it's safe for you to properly produce a shoot through your company? There's a few things I think that's the ubiquity of testing is really important, obviously, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. active testing and also antibody testing, which is something right. that we personally as a production company don't have any control over. And there's also the figuring out a way to implement these safety measures that's not going to rely on an already overloaded production right. department. So who's going to be in charge of that? We can't have PAs going around like wiping down surfaces. It's totally <laughs> wrong. It's immoral, unethical, it's immoral. and unsafe. So who's going to be doing that? These are the conversations I see a lot of people having, and we're thinking of all of the same things. And I I really like to, I think, as a a habit, look at places that people aren't looking. So for me, that really comes to the innovation. Well, how are we going to do things differently? If we Mm -hmm. need to have smaller crews, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be on set? Can we do a shoot that was typically one day? Can we have that in two days? with half the amount of people and some other caveats, right? Like we have to lean into the existing location. We're pulling from the talent's own wardrobe. 
the mm-hmm. client isn't on set. Like, how are we going to start changing things in mm-hmm. that way? And I also think that something that we need to take into consideration are people's mental health. Yes, absolutely. People, 100%. This wow. is trauma. This is traumatizing. This is traumatizing for all of us in a way I think we're not aware of at the moment or may mm-hmm. not all be aware of to the same degree. And when people come back on set, big thing that we're, we do on set is bring everybody together set the tone, set the energy, create a certain environment for people to feel that they can be their whole selves. And I see that that mental health component is going to be a big part of this because people are going to have varying degrees of concern, anxiety, grief, fear, rage, all of these emotions. And we're, we need to create an environment where all of that is okay, where that's safe, where people can express that, where we know how to handle all of that on set as well, in addition to simply wearing masks and having hand sanitizer. Yeah, I totally hear you. And I think we talked about it on the podcast, like two or three weeks into the shutdown, I had a job offer with one of the companies I work for frequently. And I had to be honest and say, you know what? I know it's ridiculous for me to turn down a job right now, but I'm not mentally able to produce right. a shoot right now. Mm-hmm. I just can't. My mom lives by herself in India. What if she needs groceries? I just can't. There's too much going on. I'm not right in the head to be able to put this job together. So I had to turn it down. I feel like there's going to be a lot of that for a lot of people coming back to a film set. And there's going to be all the concern that you mentioned. So I'm glad to hear that you're thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we as an industry can think about that too, because talking about what we would like to see change in the business the whole process is really taxing. And, you know, we run ourselves ragged. You know, we work 12, 14 hours a day. We never say no. We never mm-hmm. turn down a job. And we kind of run ourselves a little too thin. Acknowledging that, both the way we used to work and how we're going to have to work now, it is a big challenge to everybody's mental health. And hopefully we can address that moving forward once we feel safe to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To your point, Lawrence, there are also people who are going to be joining us uh, on set, as Becky well knows because of her research, that are used to doing it a very structured way because that's how Mm -hmm. they were told and that was the tried and true way and there's no deviating from it. When I do believe this virus is causing us to rethink the entire structure because we physically cannot work like that until there's a vaccine. Yeah. So guiding those conversations too is going to fall on production as well. Yeah, and I hope that even when there is a vaccine that we don't work like that again. You know, that's really, I think I hope. (laughs) Yeah. I hope. And I think that what you were speaking to before, Lawrence, about the way that we are is a a culture issue, right? And I think that there's a few layers that I'm talking about here, which is there's the the systemic, Mm -hmm. the historical and structural process that we use to create content. And there's also a culture inside of that. And that Mm -hmm. both of those are very much intertwined. And both of those are very much also in need of an upgrade Mm -hmm. and and a renovation. And in terms of what you're saying, Christian, I think in my experience, the way that we motivate people to change Mm -hmm. and to go towards something new is to offer them something better than what was before. And this has very much been my experience with creating green sets because I've been doing this for 10 plus years back Mm -hmm. when people were like, you're never going to get Joey the grip to, you know, (laughs) recycle their water bottle. Right. Right. I was like, well, watch. And what we did is that we created something that was better than a plastic water bottle. We gave them something that was personalized and 
crystal and sexy and then they wanted it right it's the uh-huh. essence of our industry is advertising and when we create something aspirational people want it and so yeah. i think that the that's a better way to motivate than to try to get someone to do something that they don't want to do that's different than what they're used to and mm-hmm. i think that applies in this case too when we go back when we go to set you know things are going to be different are we going to give them a worse version of what was before or are we going to give them something that's different and that they actually perhaps enjoy even more than what there was before? I think that's where creativity comes in, right. innovation. Yeah, absolutely. And that is the right way to do it, to offer them something new and something better. And and I think a big part of my hesitation at getting back to work is I don't know what that better thing is yet. We've talked you know? about it. We've talked around it. We've brainstormed. We've That's the journey I feel like we're on Everybody's, to right yeah. now. Everyone's thinking about it. I d- haven't heard and I don't have the idea yet. And I think yeah. it's a series of ideas. And the good thing mm-hmm. is that it's not up to us alone. I love your idea about having, because I'm a big fan of this podcast. Let's get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Marcel. Very honest to be on. So, you're talking. Huh? Did I bring you? Us? Research. That's the best. Okay. <laughs> <Whoa>. okay. <laughs> I did. I get it. Well, the idea of having a crew roundtable, because yeah, yes. one thing that we started doing at the light years ago was that we started doing crew interviews and asking the yes. same set of questions to crew members in different departments and right. asking, what's the part of your job that's the most fulfilling? Mm-hmm. What's the most frustrating? Mm-hmm. What's the best set you've ever been on? Why do you think it was that way? What's the worst mm-hmm. set you've ever been on? Why do you think it was that way? And what ideas? Do you have about mm-hmm. how we could do things better? The fact is that a hundred percent of people surveyed have said uh, nobody's ever asked me that before. Yes, that's a big part of why we started this podcast. That was going to be the original concept of this show was to talk to crew members about what they need from a producer to feel supported and be able to do their job to their best abilities. Well, that's the that's still it, Lawrence. The question is more important now than ever, yeah. and it's, it's asking them because the thing is that they have ideas. There's, yeah. There is such an arrogance built into the oppression of the traditional production model. Like literally, mm, if you yes. go back historically, think about above the line and below the line. Below oh, no. the line, you're replaceable. Above the line, yeah. you're, you know, amazing. You get money. You get whatever you want. <laughs> and then it was designed so that people were basically replaceable parts of a machine. Right. And I think there's an this, you know, paternal arrogance that we, the bosses know what's best for you Mm -hmm. and you don't know very much. Mm -hmm. So you just do your job. You just set up the C-stand and we'll take care of everything else. It's an us versus them mentality. Completely. And Mm -hmm. and I think that there's so much richness and there's Mm -hmm. so much creative insight and there's so many amazing ideas if we simply listen to the crew and that we don't have to have all the ideas ourselves. We can ask them, how can we make things better than they were before? How can we make you feel safe? Whatever those questions are, and then, and then serve them. You know, one of the things that we consider ourselves at The Light is a customer service company yes. for the crew. We're mm-hmm. a crew mm-hmm. service We're company. hosting a big party. And, and, we're, so, and it happens to be the filming day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and not just for the client and for the crew. Like, how can we? Yeah. And the crew is always surprised by this because we get their snack requests. We're like, you'd like yerba mate and snap peas? They're there on set waiting for them. <laughs> Like, you want us to look into flights for your upcoming vacation? This was before. We'll do that for you. (laughs) We're a concierge service for the crew. 
And I think that they have the ideas. We just have to listen. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to try and do in these crew safety roundtables is hear their ideas. Everybody's putting out these documents of protocols and best practices from countries to production companies. But, you know, us as producers, we want to hear it from the crew. So that's what we've been doing. I've been doing on my own, just talking to people like, what do you think? What do you need? What do you need to have happen on set to feel safe? And how can um, we do better than we were doing before? That's a big part of it. Yeah, 100%. Do you have any advice for those folks out there who are basically climbing the walls at this point and are eager to get back to work to the point where desperation may outweigh safety? Do you have any advice for any of those folks sitting at home right now on how to keep on keeping on? My piece of advice for everybody out there and for myself is to meditate. I think Mm -hmm. that that, and if if you don't know how to meditate, use this time to learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. Because for me, that has been my saving grace through all of this is having a place to go to inside Mm -hmm. that is mostly stable and peaceful (laughs) and calm. Uh (laughs) That's just been a huge part of my life and how I operate on set and in my life in general. And especially now having something stable to return to being able to meditate for me is the, is the best thing that any of us can do during this time, because we may not be able to change the outside world and control everything that's going on out there. But one thing that we can do is bring our attention to our breath. Yeah. Focus on our inside world, mm-hmm. even That's if it's amazing. just for a few moments. Yeah. I started using mindfulness app on my phone before all this started. And uh, it is it is quite lovely. And I think I heard, was it you, Christian, that told me? I think they're free right now. If you sign up new to mindful, the mindfulness app, I believe it's free for a month or maybe a couple months. There's a few this. of them out there that are. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Cuomo's trying to start something here with some availability of call-in lines and such. So, yeah, there's some resources out there. I would also say on that tip, too, because I think often sometimes people I know who don't know how to meditate, it becomes one more thing to do. Like, oh, I don't know Uh what to do. I don't know how to meditate. Mm -hmm. And literally meditating is paying attention to your breath. So you don't need to take a course or read anything online about it. I mean, that's great if you can, and it will deepen your experience. And if you don't have the time, even right now, just take a breath. Yeah. You meditated. That <laughs> was it. Good job. Good job. Do Congratulations. It. Do a few more breaths. Yeah. <laughs> well, Becky, we want to thank you so much for chatting with us. And we'd love to check in with you somewhere down the road once things start kind of coming back into action. But what I want to ask you before you go is... What do you hope comes out of this experience, either personally for yourself or for the industry at large or for society? (laughs) Big question. (laughs) And obviously, we've talked about change and restructuring and rethinking things. But what would you like to see that's not forgotten once things kind of come back online? I could speak for myself. One of the things that I have been practicing in the past few weeks is getting in touch with my emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not somebody who goes, I'm very action-oriented, very thought-oriented, and I'm Mm -hmm. not typically a feeling-type person. And so I've been increasing my emotional intelligence and asking myself, okay, what am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, 
it's open the floodgates in a way that I'm like, hey, can I get a refund? I don't, I don't, I don't want this. There's a lot of feelings all of a sudden. I don't know. But I'll say that what I, I hope that none of us forget, including myself, are that it's okay to slow down mm-hmm. and to be compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of compassion right now. And it's, I think oh, it's, it's, please don't let it go away. And I hope it doesn't go away. And yeah, I think slowing down is a, a big lesson, especially for myself. And my partner loves to go for walks. And, you know, it'll be like sunset and I'm still working and I'm still on my computer. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to go for a walk. And can you come? And I'm like, ah, oh, now I got so much work to do, so much work to do. I have to finish all this stuff. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You know, because now today I can and I do go on these lovely long walks. You know, it just realizes how little you've left for yourself and for others that you love, mm-hmm. you know, and hoping that we can all slow down and just kind of it's OK to close your computer at six o'clock. Oh, and take, call take it some the time Emily Plunkett Fleischer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Close I'm it down at six. Yeah. Unplug it. Put your cord away. Unheard of. (laughs) I have have, have three computer cables in my house plugged in different areas. So when I move with my laptop, I have a plug there. Power everywhere you go. Right. But that just means efficiency (laughs) in working, which just means I'm working for for too long. Yeah. One of the things that I've realized for myself in just the past few days is that I think my constant working is so that I don't have to feel my feelings. Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. And that's like, really, even though it's, I'm a child of therapists, and my dad is a monk, like, and I should have thought of that before. It didn't, (laughs) it it maybe existed for me conceptually, but I really Mm. realized how it's there when I stop working, and I slow down, then I'm there with my feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's not mm-hmm. someplace that I always want to be. And it's much easier to go back into my list of things to do and my totally. emails and to be there totally. with my sadness and my yeah. loneliness yeah. and all of that. And yeah. I think that if anything, I hope from this that I get that it's to be with that, to be with those yeah. feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's an important and part of okay. being human. Yeah, that yeah. it's okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh, yeah. Becky, what a pleasure having you on. Thank you so so much for having me. I love and admire both of you so much. And I love this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So before you go, where can people find the crew discussions that you do? Well, anybody who's interested can hit us up at our website, which is www.thelight.nyc. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at the light is lit. The light is lit. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. All right. Bye, Becky. Bye. Thank you so much. What a pistol. Ladies and gentlemen, Becky Morrison. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. She always makes me smile. Very yeah. smart and very, very savvy and is looking for new ways of doing things and better ways of doing things. And that's it's, it's refreshing to hear. Coming up in the industry for years and years, starting at the bottom and working my way up to here, <laughs> you know, always taught that there's a way to do things because it's been done this way forever and it's been tried and true and that's why we do it this way and I don't want to explain it to you why, just do it this way. And I, I get that. I think that there are places for that, like, you know, your petty cash spreadsheet and this is why you do it each time. But there's something so exciting about 
trying to rethink the structure of a film set and why we have certain positions and understanding that moving forward, we are going to have to reduce or rethink what we do is very exciting. Yeah. How can we make things better than they were before? Mm -hmm. How do we design that and how do we take everyone there with us? Yeah. So everyone check out her conversations with crew members. The series is called Things You've Always Wanted to Know But Never Had the Time to Learn. What was it? Last one I read about Christian was what's the difference between a grip and an electric? Even though a lot of us know what that is, it's hard to explain to somebody, you know, like you hear it straight from the horse's mouth, from the grip and the electric. (laughs) Yeah. So interesting conversations. Check them out. The light.nyc is her website and you can find out all the information there. Well, Lawrence, the show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening. We are back tomorrow with our first crew safety roundtable. I know! Which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. But please do it all while staying home. Yes. And if you do leave your house, please wear a mask. I understand that there are people out there not doing that, but Mm -hmm. it would be nice if you could think about people besides yourself in this situation. (laughs) Don't touch your face, (laughs) wash your hands and clean your phone. It's really gross. And send your voice recordings or your emails to us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how do people reach you if they want you? They can get me, <laughs> they can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? How's that website coming? Um, you know, there were a lot of cat stuff that happened, so. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's just, it's getting there. I mean, and I'm almost done with it, so it'll be up this week. It's going to take a little bit more time. Going good, though. If you need to get me, get me at sisterchristianproduces.com. All right, everybody. See you next time. See you.